Welcome to the Emancipated Ministry, proclaiming the gospel as a fulfilling and liberating spiritual way of life. This week we dive into our understanding of God's kingdom. We discover that embodying God's kingdom has been humanity's purpose from the very beginning. We come to understand God's kingdom as both a personal state of being and an outward manifestation of our harmony with God. We explore how living according to God's will cultivates and allows us to enter God's kingdom. And we look at how a practice of Christian justice leads us to manifest God's kingdom in the world as Jesus commanded. I'm Pastor Raymond, and I hope this ministry strengthens your fellowship with the Christ and deepens your sense of the divine presence in your life. Let's get started by revisiting a couple verses from last week. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Genesis 1, 27 and 28. The first thing God does after creating humanity is give us our first commandment. The divine presence drives us to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. We are not the only or even the first living creatures to receive the first half of this commandment. God tells all living creatures to be fruitful and multiply. But we are the only ones to receive the fill the earth and subdue it portion of the commandment. For some reason God wants people to understand, cultivate, and steward the earth. It may seem like a mystery why God would want to give this task to us rather than something more mild-tempered, like sheep or koalas. But remember, humans were created in the image of God. So, when God tells humans to be fruitful and multiply, we are being told to fill the world with God's image which, if we are living according to God's will, reflects God's likeness throughout the world. From the very beginning of modern humanity's existence as reasoning creatures, it has been our purpose to establish God's kingdom. For at least 200,000 years, God's kingdom has been what the characteristics of our intrinsic nature require us to pursue if we are to sustain our own existence. Both John the Baptist and Jesus knew this and that is why they preached much the same message, the gospel of the kingdom. But what is this esoteric kingdom and how can we establish it? 
being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Luke 17, 20 and 21. I find it misleading that so many newer translations of the Bible quote Jesus as saying God's kingdom is in the midst of the Pharisees. This is done to emphasize Jesus as God living among humanity, but it alters a very important teaching we cannot afford to misunderstand. The original Greek word used to mean midst or among is intos, and it only has one meaning, within or inside. Jesus teaches that God's kingdom is inside of us, not some magical land that you would watch descend from the sky. When he does reference the kingdom descending from the sky, it's more like he's saying it arrives out of thin air. It comes out of the blue. God's kingdom manifests inside of us through living according to God's will. Last week we learned living according to God's will is to properly apply reason to the satisfaction of our personal well-being as well as our interactions with other people. There is another word for the proper application of reason, wisdom. Solomon, considered the wisest person in the Bible, writes, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. Proverbs 3, 13 through 20. Simon tells us that wisdom, this proper application of reason, is more valuable than silver, gold, or jewels. Nothing you could ever hope to possess, from great wealth and luxuries to fame and even to health, can ever amount to the value wisdom can give you. He assures us this pursuit of proper reasoning is the path to an abundant life which, as we progress through this ministry, you will discover has nothing to do with fame and fortune. 
Rather, wisdom makes us all makes all things pleasant and peaceful. How is this possible, though? How is it possible that hardship or adversity can be pleasant and peaceful? Solomon is not saying wisdom will stop you from encountering hardship or adversity, though it certainly does reduce them in our lives. Instead, wisdom frees us from the disturbance and suffering caused by life's hardships and adversities. Wisdom does this not by changing life, but by changing how we look at life. The wise person does not see hardship and adversity as something to be avoided, but as something to be learned from and used to practice righteousness and true faith. In this way, even hardship and adversity, even death, becomes something that we not only have no fear of or anxiety over, but that we will even willingly endure if it is the wise thing to do. This may seem like a daunting task, but Jesus gives us the solution to getting there. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or, What shall we drink? Or, What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Matthew 6, 31-34 Jesus teaches us not to focus on the overall pursuit of God's kingdom, but on the day-to-day steps we take to get there. No journey, no matter how short or long, is ever completed without traveling the distance between its starting point and its destination. But if we're not paying attention to where we are at any point in time on that journey, we are liable to lose our way and increase our chances of never arriving. It is by seeking wisdom in our day-to-day lives, by properly applying reason to the details of each day, that we eventually arrive at God's kingdom without realizing it or without observation, as Jesus puts it. But this spiritual way of life we follow doesn't teach that manifesting God's kingdom for ourselves is good enough. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. 
Our light, as Jesus calls it, is the manifestation of God's kingdom within us. And he is clear in stating that we should not keep it hidden from others. We are supposed to put that light on display, to carry ourselves peacefully through the world and allow others to see by our light. In this way, our lives become testimonies of the peace and abundance that comes from living according to God's will. This spiritual way of life is not about converting people. It's about inspiring them. It's about showing people what is possible if they pursue God's kingdom and as more and more people actually live Christian lives rather than just calling themselves Christian, God's kingdom will manifest in the world around us. That is why Christian justice is so important. It is the vehicle for manifesting God's kingdom in the world. Because the physical manifestation of God's kingdom is a human society founded on the practice of Christian justice of loving all people as we love ourselves and doing to others as we would have them do to us. God's kingdom has been God's plan for humanity from the beginning. This is made clear by humanity being the embodiment of God's kingdom. But if we are God's kingdom, why in 200,000 years hasn't it manifested in mass, which is what will lead to its physical manifestation? The answer is us. This would not be a Christian ministry if we didn't talk about sin, and that is our topic for next week. Until then, thank you for listening to The Emancipated Ministry. If you enjoyed this message and found it useful, please subscribe and leave a review. As always, we ask that you share this message with anyone who may benefit from hearing it. If you are able, please consider supporting this ministry for as little as $1 per month at patreon.com slash emancipatedministry. May God's everlasting peace, light, and love be with you. Amen.